You are listening to the Man of Class podcast. This is episode number 20, How to Avoid Soggy Goals. Oftentimes we create a goal for ourselves where we say, this is something I really, really want. And we get really serious about it. We put together a plan. We start to put together a schedule, lay all that out, blah, 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 blah. But it never actually comes home. If this is you, then you're definitely going to want to stay tuned in this because we're going to get into some of the barriers that are preventing you from actually hitting success. So stay tuned. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back, guys. To another episode, like I said, we're on episode 20, Soggy Goals is the topic. Now, first you're going to say, Eric, what the heck is a soggy goal? Because it sounds really disgusting. And you're absolutely right, it is. Anything soggy in life never works. Bread, sogginess, doesn't isn't appealing. Socks that are soggy, unappealing. And so I want I chose that word specifically because I want that to be remembered because oftentimes we set these goals for ourselves, but they turn out to be soggy goals and the soggy goals aren't getting you what you want in life. Now, what does that mean? If you're setting goals repeatedly day after day, year after year, but you're not actually getting the results every single time you're breaking. So everyone's heard the adage, be a man of your word. And that's so true. And everyone holds themselves to such a high standard when they're talking to somebody else. But we never actually think of the impact that is being had when we are not keeping a man of our word to ourselves. And every single time that you set a goal for yourself, New Year's resolution, fitness goals, business goals, launch a business relationship, whatever that is going to be, and you don't actually get the result you're basically discounting your worth to yourself. That's happening with whether you choose to accept that or not, because that's, or be even be aware of that, because that's happening. Imagine you were to split yourself out and you're telling yourself on January one, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, and they're an actual physical person you're telling this to. I'm going to get in shape. I'm, 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 this is going to be my year. This is the year that I'm really going to change myself. And then January 15th happens. January 31st happens. That same person's been like, Hey man, how, you know, how are things going? You know, you, you hitting it, you know, are you every single day? Are you on, you know, getting to the gym? Are you eating healthy? Are, are you doing all those things? Nah, man, nah. I, I mean, I, I guess it really wasn't that important to me. Right. Immediately when you go through this thought exercise, your mind's probably sitting there going, man, that feels like crap, right? I don't want to be that person. But we do that to ourselves all the time. Now played out year after year after year, resolution after resolution after resolution. And it just gets daunting after a while because you're sitting there going, why even you get beaten down so far because you're like, why even start something? Why even just even think about it. I can have an idealized image of what I want, but why even go after it? Because I know, I know you, 
you're going to start things. You're a procrastinator. You're going to wait to the last minute. You're not really ambitious. You, your I am statements go through that entire list and you're going to go back to the past. And when you go into the past and you say, you know, when was the last time that I was successful at something? Well, it definitely wasn't anything health related or it definitely wasn't anything New Year's resolutions related. Then you're not even going to even do the thought experiment anymore. And you're just going to go through life and just accepting, you know, what is. And that's perfectly fine if that's if you're making conscious thoughts on that's where you want to be. But chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, that's not you. You just may have fallen asleep a little bit at the wheel and that's okay. Because it's time to wake back up. It's time to wake back up and to say, I'm going to hold myself accountable and start to get do whatever is necessary, get the right people into my life, create that right atmosphere so that I can actually go and start hitting my goals. Because when I start hitting my goals, I'm going to start valuing myself better and you're going to start treating yourself better. You're not going to want to feed yourself 20 bags of chips in a week because that's a little excessive. I don't know anybody, to be honest, that eats 20 bags in a week, but but you get the point. You, you, you're not going to want to trash your body the way that you do. You're going to start saying, no, I, I'm, I'm important. I am important, right? That's going to be a new I am statement that's going to be coming into your mind. Very different than, oh, I'm a procrastinator. Ah, oh, I'm lazy. And that stuff's kind of happening right in the background. So let's get into the meat of what I wanted to talk about today. Because like I said, we're, we're in January. We're getting towards the end of January where New Year's resolutions are starting to trail off. People are starting to kind of get back into that comfortable state where they were in December, maybe even November, because November, maybe it wasn't so bad, but the holidays really has a way of sort of highlighting <laughs> the things in life that were like, oh, you know what? I've been better. I've done better eating that whole pile of stuffing and then Christmas cookies. You know, maybe those weren't the best life choices. So let's just get right into it. So what the heck is a soggy goal? Like I said before, soggy is this weird word that just makes people cringe when you talk about it. And so let's use that to our advantage. A soggy goal is when you set a goal, you have a plan, you get a schedule, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm on this. I'm going to do this. But it it just turns soggy. It just starts to fall apart. It's just like bread that, that gets too much moisture. It just starts to fall apart, crumbles. And you never actually get the result. And so that's the thing that I really want to talk about today. So if we start at the very basic core, what the heck is a goal? Google has a couple different definitions. The last one is my favorite, but the first two I'm sure you've heard before. The first one is the object of a person's ambition or effort. Okay, that makes sense, right? Logically, that makes sense. The second one is an aim or a desired result said differently, a result or an achievement from someone's effort and where it's being directed. So where that effort is being directed, getting that achievement or result is that, that definition of a goal. Again, a little bit more complicated, but we've probably heard that before. The last one though, this one, this one is, is awesome. It's goals exist to enhance your enjoyment of the things you love. The first time I read that, I got goosebumps. I don't know about you, but I got goosebumps because that's the first time I'm always big about goals, but 
I never looked at it through that lens before where I'm like, no, that makes sense. This totally makes sense because the things that you set out and you say, I want to be 15 pounds lighter. I want to start a business. I want to get more money. I want to save for retirement. I want to take more vacations this year. I want to be more present with my wife and kids. All these things that we, we tell ourselves repeatedly, repeatedly is things that you love. You're not going to go out and say, well, I, you know, I want to, I want to go cut my arm off this year. No one says that. No one's going to go do that <laughs> because that's not, they don't enjoy that. Right. I'm going to go sit through five hour lectures with somebody that has a monotone voice. No one's going to do that. They, they don't sign up for that. That's not a goal for them. A goal is something that they get in, in reward, something that they're looking forward to. And so it's enhancing that enjoyment of the things that you love. And so when we look at goals from that aspect, we'd say, well, heck yeah, you'd be running, you'd be sprinting to the door if your goals were set up right. If they aren't though, right? If your goals aren't really set up so that they're enhancing that enjoyment of the things that you love, yeah, it makes total sense that you'd quit after three days. You'd say, this is hard work. I don't want to go do that. I'll, I'll kick the can till next year. I'm going to be that procrastinator that I keep telling myself I am. And so when we do that, though, you can see how things can quickly fall apart, how the wheels can quickly come off the train. Now let's get into where do the goals actually come from? Because if we understand, OK, goals are they exist to enhance the enjoyment of the things that you love. Okay, fantastic. So where do those come from? Well, where are the things that you love come from? Chances are many of our goals, many of the decisions that we've made in life come from sort of like an inherited item, whether that's from the education that you had, whether that's from an upbringing, whether that's from different family members or friends, etc. All those things, your personal reality that you're living can have a, a significant influence on your goals. How many times do we see this where somebody goes and let's say they get the new iPhone and they're in a series of groups and it's like, oh, well, like Jimmy got the new iPhone. So like, I want the new iPhone. Well, before Jimmy got the new iPhone, maybe you didn't even care about getting the new iPhone. And we always hear this, keep up with the Joneses. And then immediately people say, keep up with the Joneses. And they say, hey, 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 hey. I don't do that. Okay. I don't, I'm, I don't keep up with the Joneses, but I really want to go get that new Tesla though. And so it's, it's funny how people can quickly dis like disassociate with something and say, Hey, that's not me. And then in the very next sentence, that's something that I want. And that's okay. By all means, if you want something, I, I think you should absolutely go and do it. Just understand where it's coming from. If you're wanting it pure and simple, because like logically it makes sense, but it doesn't really light you up, then chances are, again, it's going to fall apart because you may be living somebody else's goal. And that's really what I'm trying to get. That's the point I'm trying to get across is many of our goals comes from an inherited place. It comes from our surroundings. The other place where goals come from are our dreams, hopes, wishes, and desires. I mean, think about this when you're a kid and you 
are asked, like, well, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Sometimes it'd be like, oh, I want to be just like my dad or I want to be just like my mom. Or sometimes it could be like, oh, man, I want to be the president of the United States. Well, why is that? Because I just want to help people. Because I really want to, you know, to, for, for peace, right? People, there's so much anger in the world. Like, I just, I, like, that's what I want to go be. Or, you know, I love playing with Legos. So, like, I just want to be a, you know, I just want to build Legos all day. I want to design Legos. And you really hear people's, like, passions come through. Because that's something that they enjoy. And so when we think about that, how many of the things that you're going after day in and day out are really coming from you, coming from inside? I'm pointing to my heart right now for those people that can't see me. Where, How many of the things that you're going after day in and day out are coming from within? And how many of those things are really coming because a girlfriend, a wife, a mom, a dad, a brother co-worker, right? A cousin, any, any external uh, influencers on social media. Maybe if certain people on social media that you follow and you're like, well, they say this and that's what I want. So maybe I have to go do that same thing. Maybe, maybe that could be, or there could be a different way. There could be a different way to slice that lemon. But understanding what it is that's driving you is the most important piece and making sure that you're not going after somebody else's goals because you'll always disappoint yourself because you'll say, this is what I should do, right? You're going to shit all over yourself for a second. This is what I should go do. I should want this. I should want more money. I should want to lose 15 pounds, but I don't really care, but that's somebody that's telling me I need to go lose 15 pounds and then you're not going to go do it. So you're going to feel bad about yourself because somebody else told you to go do something or, or you're supposed to, to be this type of person. That's not really what you want to identify with. That's not part of your identity. So you already feel bad that way. Then you go and try to be somebody that you're not. That doesn't work. So then you basically can't hit the goal. So then you beat yourself up because you can't hit the goal that you didn't even really want in the beginning. How much sense does that make? It doesn't, but it's okay because many people aren't even aware of that. And it's only until you, you get some clarity that then you start to realize, Hmm, I'm hoarding money because maybe that was a belief system from previous generations or maybe it's, you know, I, I just eat for enjoyment because when we didn't have food, I just ate, you know, we really valued food. And now as we go throughout life and there's, you know, more food that's available, I can't stop myself because I had to stop myself in the past because we didn't have enough. You know, some of that stuff may have big influences in your life. And that may be setting whatever goal is is coming up for you today. So just be aware, right? In, in that whole thing, just be aware of where your goals come from, whether they're actually coming from you or whether they're being put on you from some other place and whether you're choosing to either accept them as your goal or whether you choose to want to say, no, nah, man, I, like, that's not my goal. I don't want that. I don't want that in my life. And so... 
the next thing that, that we kind of get into is where we put our emphasis. I, I touched on before where you would start to go down a path that maybe you don't identify with. But then when you go and you don't get that, then you put the emphasis on failing or not achieving it. And so you're, you know, whether that's the guilt or the shame or the anger, because you, you know that you can crush it in other areas of life. Maybe, you know, you're, you're crushing it at your job, but then when it comes to personal relations, maybe that's a weak area for you. And so it's even more frustrating because you're trying, you, you can see yourself getting success in some area of life, but you're like, why can't I apply this to everywhere else? Why is it that I'm really great professionally, but really need help personally? Or maybe I'm really great making connections on a personal level, but, but professionally, like I'm just not making money. I'm not making the money that I, that I really desire or I want to be. Or maybe I'm making, making money, but I'm spending it so quickly and I just can't save and I want to save, but I'm just spending frivolously. And so anytime that you beat yourself up over not achieving or failing, it's almost like getting the one, two punch. And so when you punch it, you know, imagine going to the gym and punching yourself as soon as you walk in the door and then you go do a workout and you did that every single day. How many times would you really want to go to the gym? <laughs> Not at all. Right. Cause you're like, I don't want to punch myself in the face, but that's in a way what we're doing. We're punching, you know, we're punching our mind or we're punching our heart in the, in the face. Because when we try to go after something and we say, okay, maybe I really do want this. I'm really trying to go after it, but I'm not getting it. Punch in the face. And then you're like, okay, well, that didn't work. So now, you know, there must be something wrong with me. And then it just builds this. I'm not good enough mindset. And it just starts tail spinning down until you just can't get up. Who would want to get up, right? It's just like, you know, get punched in the face. There's going to be a certain point where you're just like, you know what? Just, I'm just going to lie here and just let life just keep beating me up. But what if, because there, there's two different types of people, right? When they get punched in the face, they either, they either accelerate or they decelerate. They either say like, no, I'm better than this and I'm going to conquer it. Or, you know what? I just got so beat down in life that I just don't even care anymore. But there's a third person, there's a third type of person. And that person is, what if this, there's a lesson that's trying to get my attention in all this? Maybe the failed diet isn't a failed diet. Maybe there's something I need to learn about eating habits. Maybe I'm not, I'm still doing something that is keeping that weight on. Maybe I'm missing something. Because we see countless times where people go on, let's say, keto and they drop the weight or, or people who were really heavy all of a sudden aren't or people that don't have money or overnight successes and have lots of money. We see, we can see counter examples all over the place, which says that there's not one single truth. Because as soon as you can find an example that disproves your theory, there has to be some reason, right? That's why you take two kids that are that grew up in the ghetto. One person's you know wildly successful, and the other person's not. Both had the same experience. So, what was the difference? What was the linchpin? What was the thing that made the one great and the other one 
become a, a add effect to their circumstances. And that's all the mindset. So what if there was a lesson that's trying to get your attention? What if there was something that you may be missing that you're only one decision away or one thought process away from actually making it work? And it's funny because so oftentimes we go at something because we we see that it works in the past. And so I want to share one of the stories. I was working with somebody one time and they wanted to get into shape. And, and for valid reasons, their kids were getting older. They were you know, getting ready to go off to college. So there's going to be more emphasis, right? That whole empty nest syndrome. And so the guy was like, well, you know, I want to take, I want to take care of myself. I want to get back into shape because, you know, my kids are going off to college and then they're going to get married and they're going to have their life. And I want to make sure that I'm around as a father, right? I don't, I don't want to just let myself go. And then in 10 years have, you know, some disease or some heart attack or something like that. Like I really want to be there for him. Now he was a big runner. He used to run a lot and had done marathons. And he really wanted to, to be healthy and to be flexible. And in his mind, he's like, well, I need to do a marathon. This worked for me in the past. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go do a marathon. But then what ended up happening is he knew what it took to go through an actual marathon, the training, the, the, you know, the running every single day, the adding of miles, the eating habits, the, you know, the pain, the tearing of the muscles, all that stuff. And he's like, it's just so heavy. Like I, I just, every day I'm like, yep, I need to get my shoes on. And then every day I'm like, yep, not going to do that. The cookie on the counter is so much better, but we never. And so then, then what ends up happening is after day one, we just say, "Eh, it's really not that important is what we're telling ourselves. Right. Again, imagine you split yourself into half and the one person's like, all right, like we're going to go run. Right. Like, you know, this is what we said we're going to go do. And you're like, nah, man, no, nah, we're not doing that. We're going to go sit and, and watch TV or, or we're going to go eat a bag of chips. I'll, I'll start that tomorrow. I thought this was important to you. It's not that important is what you're telling yourself. And actually what we found was, you know, is that the only way to exercise? Is that the only way to lose weight? Is that the only way to, you know, to be flexible and and to have enjoyment? Again, right? His plan was, all right, well, I got to run, you know, two miles and three miles and five miles and 10 miles and 15 miles. And here's all the food I got to eat. I got this great plan, right? Solid, great plan. I can Google run a marathon in six months, right? They have a day for day plan. And then it turns soggy. Because day one, it's like, man, I'm not feeling it. Or maybe day one, day two, day three, you're doing it. And then day four comes along knocking on your door and it says, nope, don't want to do that. I want to, I want to go back. I want to take a rest. I worked hard these three days, right? That little voice in the back of your mind is the worst voice ever because it knows everything about you. It can pull. It's like, it's like the worst greasy salesman because they're telling you all the things that you know. All your, you worked hard. I mean, you, you, you did great. It's like stroking your ego that you did such a great job. Why don't you take a day off? And then that day, day off turns into two. Cause you're like, you had fun that day, right? 
yeah, you had fun. Come on, keep going down this path. Okay, all right. Then day two, then day three, and day four. And before you know it, then you're just saying, what the heck happened? How did I fall off the wagon? It's been a month. Because <laughs> that little voice got to you. <laughs> That's what happened. So at the bottom line, basically, we, we found a different exercise regime, a different thing that he could actually enjoy. Again, what is it that's your goal? If your goal is to enhance the enjoyment of the things that you love, staying in shape and being for your kids and, and all that stuff, there's many different ways. There's so many different ways to slice that lemon. There's so, so many ways. But if we don't ever explore them or if we don't ever think about that, because we've, we've built this box around us saying there's nothing else that I can go do. This is the only path. Then, yeah. It's going to be like, this is the only path. I don't, I'm not really feeling that path. So I'm not going to go do it. So I'm going to make a statement that probably is, is going to be controversial because when you just Google goals, the number one thing that comes up is smart goals. And they're like, no, your goals need to be smart. And smart is an acronym that stands for like specific, measurable, actionable, um, I can't remember the R and the T, but basically it's like you, you have, a plan that is so outlined and so detailed that there's no way that you can't mess up. Well, again, if that was true, then literally anybody that had a New Year's resolution, a dream or a goal or a hope or a wish or a desire would say, I just need a smart goal. I need to make it specific and measurable and actionable and results oriented. And what's the timeline? I think the R and the T are the results in the timeline. But even when people go through that, it turns soggy. And so when it turns soggy, then you sit, then everyone's left saying, well, what didn't work? And you can't tell people, well, did you do a sparkle? And you're like, well, yeah, I did a sparkle. And they're like, well, you must, you must have done it wrong. Like, no, I'm pretty sure that you didn't do it wrong. I'm pretty sure that there's still a missing piece. And I'm, so my bold statement that I'm going to make is that not all goals need to be smart. It's okay to have some dumb goals, some not smart goals, because oftentimes, again, what we find is that we're so, we're like almost OCD on making sure that it's smart, making sure that we got the plan, making sure that all this stuff is there. And at the end of the day, you're zapping the enjoyment out of it. <laughs> again, go back to what a goal is. Enhance your enjoyment of the things that you love. You strangled the enjoyment out of it. You know, for some people that are like really like task oriented and they love all that stuff, it may work out for you. I'm just offering a different approach saying not all goals have to be smart. Some goal that says I want to be 15 pounds lighter, maybe don't knock down or like nail down the how. Maybe just say I want to be 15 pounds lighter. I'm going to try a couple different things. I'm going to try to, to a trial and error effect on my diet. I'm going to trial and error effect. Uh, workout. I'm going to trial and effect maybe playing basketball or soccer or football in the summer when it starts getting warmer out versus saying today I'm going to burn the boats. I'm going to do all this stuff and it's going to be great, wonderful. And then you get day in into it and you're miserable beyond belief. So then the thing that you award yourself with is eating, but then you cut out your diet. So now you're not even getting any enjoyment there. So you've built in a life of unhappiness around you and sooner or later you're just going to explode just like you know somebody in prison they're just there they will they will try to get out and so you broke out 
you broke out and said, I, I'm not doing that. I'm going to go eat the food that really brings me the enjoyment. So don't zap the enjoyment out of your goals. Find something that you enjoy to go do instead of beating yourself up over failure. Because again, you're going to say, well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to only eat 2000 calories. You're going to be starving all day long, but you're like, no, I have to go do this. Again, that little voice comes into you and he's like, what are you doing all this for? Well, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for this. I'm doing all that. Hey, that's honorable. Hey, you do you like that's really honorable. But I mean, how much enjoyment are you really having? Right. And he starts to use that emotion against you. And so if you think about it, aligning your goals with something that you actually enjoy going to do, you can circumvent or prevent your goals from becoming soggy. So that when you say that I want to lose 15 pounds, ah, I may do this, I may do that, I may do this. I'm doing the things that I really enjoy. I'm just creating more of a space and putting more of an emphasis on weight loss, let's say. And I keep harping on weight loss because it seems like everybody I talk to, they're trying to do something like physical health related. There's going to be a time when when the, the, the conversation will switch to finance and, the, and it'll be a time when it'll be relationship. But but the same mindset, I don't want to lose everybody in, in the details of it. The same mindset, the same conversation can be applied to the relationship with your wife or the relationship with your parents or the relationship with your siblings. The same can be about money, starting a business, getting promoted at the job that you're at, uh, creating a side hustle getting into real estate, all these different things, it's the same mindset. You can just apply it to different things. So I'm going to leave you with an exercise in this exercise. And this may be the first time that you've ever heard this before. What is it that lights you up? Or maybe you were asked it, but it was so long ago that you can't really remember. Like as a kid, kids will talk all day on what they're excited about. What really excites you up? You can't get them to stop. But then somewhere along the line, we kind of curb that. So give yourself a little bit of time today and to say, what is it that lights you up? And maybe you're going to think, well, that's not manly. That's not correct. Or that's not acceptable. Or, or is this even possible? Don't even worry about that because I didn't even ask that. You're answering a question that I never even asked. What is it that lights you up? It could be sitting on the beach, sipping Bahama Mamas, watching the waves roll in. I know that brings me a lot of enjoyment. And then people are going to say, oh, that's not realistic. You can't do that. All this other stuff. There's people that do it every single day. It's not that you can't go do it. It's that there's some other belief that's telling you you can't go do that. So take some time. What is it that lights you up? And the second thing is, have you ever done a vision for yourself? And this is probably more curiosity than, than anything else. But I, I, I ask because... Visions are very powerful tools if done correctly. And I ask because if you haven't, if you have or you haven't, I'd love to hear about it. So message me on social media, you know, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever. Um, but but reach out and, and I really want to know, because if you have done a vision, awesome. If you haven't. I'd also like to know because Maybe that's the first step, the actionable first step that we can get you on so the 2020 becomes a better year. Because again, if you don't know what it is that you really want, 
then you won't really know, you won't recognize whether or not you want it, like you actually have it or not. And so the vision is really as simple as this. It's just working through all of the limiting beliefs, the assumptions, the interpretations, all the things that are preventing you from actually writing it all out. But what is it that your future self is like? All the details. Where are you at in the world? What are you doing with your day? Who are you spending your time with? What foods, drinks are you you at? All those different things wrapped up into a vision. And so again, I, I urge if you haven't done that, um, I've been asked a couple times and I may actually go do like a, a workshop or something where it'll be, I don't know, it'll be a couple hour workshop where we go in and we kind of make sure that everybody can kind of go through a vision statement of, of here are all the different necessary pieces of it so that you can make sure that when you walk away, you have a solid vision plan that then you can hang up in your house or or save as a screenshot on your phone that you can look at every single day and say like, this is the this is the goal that I'm, I'm going towards. This is the identity of where I want to go in life. And so you can keep marching that way. So um, if you're listening to this and you love it and this has provided some type of value to you on any level, Uh, Make sure to take a screenshot, tag me in social media at Eric Yusko, because I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to hear about the aha moments. I'd love to hear about the things that you're contemplating. And I'd love to hear if you haven't done a vision or you have done a vision, if you'd be even interested in doing a workshop together, working together to help pull together what that is for you so that you can make 2020 your best year yet. So until next time, be great, stay great and live the exceptional life.